We'll be reading again from John chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. John chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. We are looking at the same passage of Scripture we looked at this morning, but we're going to go further in the Scripture and look at the rest of the chapter as the evening progresses uh, here. And uh, what I want to look at this evening is we all can agree this had to be the man's best day ever. Best day ever. And I want to, if I were to title this little short thoughts that we'll have this evening, Jesus can make a man's best day even better. How'd that happen? John chapter 9, beginning in verse 1, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sin. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. And he said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, how are your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go wash in the pool, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the word that you give us about Jesus. We ask that we would always look at the life of Jesus, show us more and more about Jesus, show us about ourselves. And Father, may we always have a reminder of who we belong to as we go into the world this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Of course, we all know the best day ever is just uh, captured by just one verse. Jesus said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. And he went and washed and came back seeing. Had to be his best day ever. He had been blind since birth. He was an adult man because we'll see later his parents said he was of age. So all this time he was in darkness. Had to be his best day ever. But now his best day ever takes a disappointing turn for the worse. Because now after having received sight, he has to deal with some very angry people on his very best day. In verse 13, they brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he received his sight. And he said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, but how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? There was division among them. They said to the blind man again, 
What do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind, had received his sight, until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. They asked him, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he see? His parents answered them and said, We know this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now see, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him, he'll speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already if anyone confessed that he was Christ, they would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. We have the accusation. At the accusation, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath, because Jesus did this on the Sabbath day. Can you imagine this? And Jesus had this issue with them several different places in his ministry, when I'm saying several different locations, where somebody would, would be in the synagogue on the Sabbath with a withered hand or have an issue, and then he would heal that person. And they would get upset because he healed someone on the Sabbath day. And he had to even say, you yourself would do a kind thing to rescue an animal on the Sabbath day, and much less having to now rescue a man. And he says, therefore, it's good, it is right to do good on the Sabbath day. But Jesus did something else. This is where we get, of course, how ridiculous their accusation was. You see, Jesus did not break the Sabbath day according to the Scripture. He broke their traditions on the Sabbath day. They had loaded up the Sabbath day with a lot of tradition. had nothing to do with God's Word, but they had a lot of little rules about what could and couldn't be done. And if you do this, and, and, and you'll be you'll be labeled a heretic and thrown out of the synagogue. And all of it had to do with some very, very ridiculous, hard-to-keep rules on the Sabbath day. And people almost hated to see it come. And here's what happened. Jesus spit on the ground, and he took that clay, and he anointed the man's eyes. You know what he did wrong? He actually cultivated. Because by their standards, if you spit on the ground, you got that little lump of dust that comes up, you just cultivated the soil on the Sabbath day, and therefore you broke the Sabbath. Also, he took that mud and he began to work it in his finger. You cannot knead dough on the Sabbath day. You just cannot do that. So he did two things. You think, that's absolutely ridiculous. That was their accusation. Had nothing to do with Scripture. Had everything to do with their tradition, the way we've always done it. And so... They were angry, and they took it up with the parents. Now, the parents, they kind of dodged the issue. They said, hey, all we know is he can see now. We, we don't know anything about the guy that did it. You'll have to ask him. He is of age. And the reason they passed the football off to the young man is they were worried about the Pharisees. The Pharisees had already said, anybody who claims and believes in Jesus Christ, they're out of the synagogue. Well, that was just a horrible thing for any Jewish people to face. So they passed it on to the son. Now, the anger is now directed toward the blind man. So we continue in verse 24. So they called the man who was blind, and they said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man was a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. 
Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why did you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Oh, man, that really went over really good. Then they reviled him and said, you're his disciple, but we're Moses' disciple. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to him, why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he's from. Yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard that anyone opened the eyes of one who was blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, said, you were completely born in sins and you're teaching us, and then they cast him out. They couldn't refute his argument, could they? You see, here's the thing. The anger is directed toward the blind man. And the blind man now reveals the reason for their anger. The reason for their anger is this. They are more blind than he ever was. He said, I am surprised. This is a marvelous thing. I'm just completely shocked that you don't know anything about this man, and he opened my eyes. Why is that? The very scriptures that they sought to promote in their community told about the coming Messiah opening the eyes of the blind. This morning, you know, we read from Isaiah chapter 35, verse 3 through 6. But did you know before that passed the scripture in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 18, it talks about the Messiah opening the eyes of the blind? And did you know also in chapter 42, verse 6 and 7, and then verse 16, it says something about the, the uh, Messiah opening the eyes of the blind? Three different times in the book of Isaiah, the very prophet that talked more about any other than any other prophet about the coming of the Lord, he spoke about the Messiah opening the eyes of the blind. Here's a man who was blind and he can see and he's looking at all these angry faces and he says, I cannot believe we're having this discussion. I can't believe that you of all people are not recognizing where this man comes from. And then they get all upset and said, you're, you're trying to teach us? Well, obviously somebody did. So we realized Here's a man, can you imagine his disappointment? Can you imagine going your whole life and not being able to see? And the, the day that you get your sight back, all you're looking at is some very ugly, angry faces of the Pharisees that are mad because you have been healed. And they can't explain it. And they couldn't control it. And they don't get the, the uh, credit for it. So we have to understand his day takes a turn for the worst for just a little while. But then his best day gets even better. Continue on. When Jesus heard they cast him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who's been talking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped. Wow. It says, Jesus heard he had been cast out, and he found him. 
What does that tell us? Jesus was looking for him. He was looking for him. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of God? He said, who is he? He said, you're talking to him. And look at when his day took the best turn ever. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. You see, earlier, he was healed from his blindness. But now, he got saved. That's the best day ever. That's the best day ever. And here's the beautiful thing about that. There's no way that we can be a part of actually somebody being healed from blindness. There's no way that I can participate in that activity. I can't help that along. I cannot be any, any sort of a participant in helping somebody regain their sight. But, oh, every single one of us here can be a participant in introducing somebody to Jesus and being part of their best day ever of when they get saved. That's the beautiful part of this passage of Scripture. His best day ever got better. And we can be a part of that better day for people for the rest of our lives. We just have to find our place in God's plan and in the work of our church and bringing people to Jesus. And then Jesus, he'll do the rest. Is there anything before we go into the business meeting?